Nothing can stop us now. Did you miss me? baby hits 88 miles per hour you're gonna see some serious shit hello there and welcome to episode six is this six 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 six, six, six. six. of let's slay with swell and jay i am course am swell and with me as always is i'm jay he's jay uh it is uh mid-november and we are going to be wrapping up Halloween Horror Nights. And I can think of nothing that says mid-November more so than Halloween Horror Nights. It is certainly not uh, the precipice of Thanksgiving. Christmas isn't already here. We are still very much in spooky season. And there's a few reasons for that. First of all, Halloween Horror Nights this year didn't end until November. So it's only been two weeks since the event ended. Correct. We've also... Correct. Which I think proved uh, thrilling for locals who got a couple of uh, quieter nights and also maybe not th so thrilling for Universal who may uh, not run as late next year, particularly based on when Halloween is. But we shall see. Uh, there's a couple of reasons we're doing this this late. Uh, I was in Orlando for 10 days uh, with my elbow brace and I came back with my body basically demolished. I don't want to say I overdid it, but I definitely overdid it. Um, and then sometimes life just gets in the way. So we figured better late than never. We did a bunch of content about Horror Nights at the beginning, and we're going to wrap it up. Uh, and then maybe talk about some other things here at the end. Now, there is one thing I want to tell our listeners, and it is... It's very difficult to talk about. You know what I mean, Jay? I know. I know. I... uh. It, it it's it's been heartbreaking so as i said i was in orlando for 10 days and jay and i and some of our other friends and people you may or may not know were together at horror nights and we went out to dinner and we went to epcot and i had an audio recorder with me and we were recording interviews uh reactions all sorts of fun stuff about the experiences we were having and we were going to edit that all together and make that episode six and i got back from orlando and the files had corrupted so all of the hard work we had done we're, we're like we're like sitting sitting in the Otsman steakhouse interviewing mm -hmm. everyone at the table about mashed potatoes and it was really great content let me tell you it's just such a shame that no one's ever going to get to hear it we had a whole mashed say, potato episode like planned it, it, like a potato it, it, episode it, we were gonna just we went on a tangent about you know au gratin fried uh mashed versus smash it was scintillating um mm. i will say one single audio clip did survive. Mm. And now I'm going to cut to our very, 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 very brief reactions coming right out of the theater after having seen Five Nights at Freddy's. We're coming to you live from the outdoor bar at Splitsville at Disney Springs. We just saw Five Nights at Freddy's. Jay, in one word, how was Five Nights at Freddy's? Devastating. Dewey, in one word, how was Five Nights at Freddy's? Superfluous. Amber, in one word, how is Five Nights at Freddy's? Atrocious. Self, in one word, how is Five Nights at Freddy's? Bullshit. We'll see you later. There's music now. You probably can't hear this at all. <laughs> Woo! That should have been our reaction to Five Nights at Freddy's. Uh, if you didn't get it from the audio clip, none of us enjoyed it. Anyways. <clears throat> yeah. 
We, yeah. won't, we, won't, we, we thought we were going to come out of Five Nights at Freddy's and we were going to have a Five Nights at Freddy's episode. I don't even want to have an evening dinner at Freddy's. No, like, I, uh, like, if someone's like, hey, do you want to go to Freddy's? I'm going to be like, nah, I'm going to CC's instead. Somebody's going to hear this and think we are, think we are heretics, but I, I, I just, it wasn't for me. I mean, maybe, maybe there's something, I'll, I'll be honest, they're like, I've thought about it a lot. Maybe there's something I'm missing. Maybe there's a lot of people say, and I've tried to explain to me about deep lore of the movie, but I, it just wasn't for me. And that's okay, because not everything's so for me. So, my philosophy is twofold. On the one hand... I fully understand the idea that it's filled with lore and it's designed for the fans. And there's something nice about that, right? Like when when a piece of, of media has a super passionate fan base, doing things that engage them uh, is thoughtful and for them, super fun. But my counter argument to that is that if you're going to make a big movie and put it out in theaters that anyone and everyone can see, it should also be designed that it's enjoyable for those who are not already hooked on the lore or super duper fans. And for me, and I think Jay, you agree with this, the movie didn't work as a movie if you weren't already incredibly interested and invested uh, in the lore. Just like for me, the basic tenets of movie making were failed the acting bad the writing thin as tracing paper the cinematography disappointing and for something that's supposed to be a horror movie the scariest thing was how long it felt when i realized it had only been half an hour i i think that i think that it's interesting because like we sat in in the theater for that movie oh it's basically opening night right Mm -hmm. and and we're filled we're the whole theater is filled to the brim with a bunch of super fans and here we are we're not super fans of five nights at freddy's and people there are reveals in the movie that are not well spelled out that people are going insane over they are screaming they are hooping they are hollering it, they are losing their minds right and it, it wasn't even like they were moments where it even felt clear that it was some sort of reveal, right? Like right. if you watch, not to make a baseless comparison, but if you watch a MCU movie and it's clear when a character everyone is supposed to know and be excited about is appearing for the first time, right? right. The way that moment in context is handled has uh, an importance to it. And there were these moments in Five Nights and Freddy's where the theater would erupt with cheers and an actor will have talked about like a letter, yeah or just and, the most simple and basic things or there would be there would be freddy mm -hmm. or the one version of freddy yeah, by the way if you haven't seen it yet it's been out long enough it's on peacock you guys can see it, it we're going to talk about there's going to might be a spoiler or two I'm, i apologize but like another version of freddy in the car in the in the car scene and how are we supposed to know if i've never seen this at all that it's another that it's another freddy or a different version of of of, of freddy of this character i why what? would i know that like, but Jay, it's for the fans. Oh, I know. I mean, I mean my <laughs> thing is, is that if you if you had a better script and you had you had just a better overall movie and you spelled it out to me, maybe I would get excited too. Not with the same context as somebody that actually knew the lore, but oh, I yeah. would still get excited and be like, "Hey, wait a minute! Like, that's a new character from another place. Oh, that's significant. Yep. That might be something that's explained in a sequel. Now I want to see a sequel, but none of that is explained at all." Yeah, like, I, I, I fully, I fully, fully agree with you. And listen, I know a lot of people who loved it, who are fans, and I'm genuinely happy that they have this film that excited them and thrilled them. My argument, I think our argument is that you, you should like filmmakers should do their best to have it both ways, satiate the fans, but also make something that's interesting and enjoyable for non-fans. I agree. 
to me, and I think to you as well, this was not that. Um, I think we're very much going to get Five Nights at Freddy's content at Horror Nights uh, next year. Um, and I will look forward to it. I think it, I and, think it will make good HHN content. Yeah, and I, I think a house, if it is a house with the animatronics and all of that stuff, could mm-hmm. work really well. Yeah, so I think it'll we'll, be really popular. We'll see. Please don't hate us. Again, if you like the movie, I'm so happy for you. It It, it is, uh, you know, not for us, and that's okay. Absolutely. Enjoy it. Um, I, I hope, you know, it made a ton of money, so uh, look forward to those sequels for the people that love it. Absolutely. If you guys are excited about it, get excited. Absolutely. So let's let's wrap up Horror Nights 32. Um, obviously, wrap you got to, got to go many more nights than I did. I ended up going <laughs> uh, five nights, which honestly is uh, considering what happened there in between more than I may have even thought I was going to get to go. Um, right. And I feel I feel 90% satisfied with my experience. Uh, I would have liked another night or two. And uh, I was in Orlando about to go another night or two. And my body just was not cooperating with me. Um, right. And and that happens. Yes, absolutely. We all have to and be patient happens. with ourselves. But with, with a little time behind us and uh, having been able to explore pretty much everything the event had to offer, how would you say the event was overall? Uh maybe compared to years in past have you gotten to go and would you say that you, the vibes were great good eh bad or terrible for you the, the vibes were amazing this year so oh. i will say this um i haven't been going that long we've talked about this on the previous episode um that we talked about hhn i haven't been going for that long um I've only been going for a couple of years and it's, this is relatively new to me. I do not have a deep well of knowledge and history to pull from as far as my experiences go, but I will tell you this, all the people that have been going for 10 years, 15 years or longer, always talk about a specific year that really got them. And every year I've been so far up until this year, people would say, yeah, this year is okay, but you don't know about this other year that was like changed my life or changed how I thought about horror or changed my relationship with the event. And this was that year for me. I finally understand what people are talking about when they talk about the transcendent years of HHN. This was, in my opinion, this was the best year for me. And I finally understand what everybody's talking about when we get a really excellent good year of HHN. I love that. Um, I pretty much agree entirely. I have been to many more years than you have. Correct. Um, and this to me felt like a watermark year. I think there has been, uh, you know, the 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 COVID post COVID years were good, but they were still trying to figure out how to make it work with certain limitations, and uh. I think also, and I don't necessarily dislike this, but also to a certain point, it feels like sometimes Horror Nights plays the hits and they're hits for a reason, right? Like if they bring Jack the Clown back or they do sequels to Houses from the Past, lovely. People love these things and I get that. But what I loved particularly about this year is it felt like it was a cohesive, newly themed event where Universal Creatives were really trying to create something new and fresh and take Horror Nights into its next era, whatever that may be. Um, right. Oddfellow, we've talked about him before as an icon, was, I think, not only a home run, a grand slam. Um, oh, absolutely. And the way they thoughtfully 
uh, weaved his narrative throughout not only every scare zone, but little Easter eggs in different houses. It truly felt like Oddfellow's event. He was the guy in charge welcoming you to the event and basically having his hand in everything you experienced that night. And I think he's a great character. The actors who played him, uh, particularly by the front of the park, were, you know, charismatic and spooky and fun. Um, and it was just, it just, I hate to come back to this word, but cohesive, cohesive, cohesive. In years past, enjoyable event, but it was, you know, this was there, that was there, and it was all enjoyable, but it wasn't cohesive. And this year, I think they just nailed it in terms of feeling thematically um on point i agree i agree i i feel like i feel like the event itself um and we'll get into it a little bit later there there are glaring weaknesses in the event i, I no, no event is perfect right um i i will admit not. i will admit there's the we and we can talk about the flaws um I'll, I'll tell you i think the event ran a little long as we talked about i i know why why they did it you know uh running it to november 4th there there were many nights at the end there on the last week that were not that busy. And I know people love that, but at the same time, I don't know how good that is from a business standpoint uh, to run it till November 4th. Now Halloween falls on a Thursday next year. I have a feeling they'll go to Saturday, November 2nd again. Um, yeah, not I, till the 4th. I, I think that makes sense, but that also, like I was sort of alluding earlier, that makes far more sense based on when Halloween lands, right? Like I right. think you'll get, you'll get tourists, um, or out-of-towners who, by the way, have more right to seats at bars than you do, um, <laughs> coming for, like, uh, thoughtfully planned trips for Halloween weekend. So maybe they'll show up Wednesday or Thursday, and they'll stay through Friday, Saturday, and that will be their Horror Night experience. Right. Um, as opposed to this year, I think uh, Halloween is midweek, and then you still have people uh, bopping around on Horror Nights on Saturday, November 4th, while over at Disney, they're already pouring hot chocolate down elves' throats and getting them ready to dance till Christmas songs in the Magic Kingdom. <laughs> I mean, that's it, very it true. Was, I mean, I mean, it, yeah. It was, so this is something I wanted to talk about really briefly that was sort of amazing to me. So we stayed at, I stayed at um, Dockside the whole 10 days I was there. And I had an amazing time. I love that hotel. I think their family suites for the, the cost are one of the best deals in town. Um, you know, like a couple nights we had a guest staying in the other room, but also when it was just me and my partner, um, we had so much space for us um, to like live over 10 days. But what I thought was so fascinating is the day before Halloween, and I know these hotels are operated by Lowe's, but the, the gift shops are universal gift shops. So you still have Halloween Horror Nights going on in your parks for like another week. But your gift shops, all of the Horror Nights merch was out. And by October 30th, it was all Grinch merchandise. Mm. Mm. So like if you were a, someone who came in to go to Horror Nights on Halloween and maybe stay another day or two and maybe go on Friday night, for example, you couldn't now get the Horror Nights merch at your hotel. You either had to go to City Walk or the park to get it. And that just... I don't know. It struck me as a little odd. Maybe find a balance, bring the Grinch merchandise in and then also still have some Horror Nights merch. It was just gone. Like there was something I had to have my eye on and I was like, oh, I'll get it on the last day. This is fine. Gone. Mm. Yeah, it's um the merch was the merch was kind of interesting. Um, I went back the the day after Horror Nights and I was able to score the new um the dead coconut th in 3D shirt. 
uh, for $8 because they were trying to get rid of them. But there were some things that there were a lot of, and there were other things that there was nothing of, you know, it was, it was, it was either feast or famine. So I, yeah, uh, and, and then, and then like right after the event, they were selling stuff like 90% off, like a t-shirt. Would yes, be like correct. Three, That's how I three, got that one. Yeah. It'd be like $3. Yeah, correct. Which, yeah. Honestly, you know, now puts in my, my head, just wait. Like I know, wait. Yeah. uh, like you and me and other locals love to wear the event shirts to the event and that's fine but if you have your eye on a lot of things you're like oh i want that i want this i want that wait wait until the end and get it at that severe discount sure halloween season is over but it's not like people throw away their hhn merch at the end of the event they'll use it like i'll wear hhn shirts all year i don't care it could be it could be the seventh night of hanukkah and i have dr oddfellow on my t-shirt who cares well, yeah, exactly. Who cares? I remember, I remember you were here at the beginning of the season, and they released the uh, the Dueling Dragons shirts, the AP shirts. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, I need that shirt. It's going to sell out. And I remember we were texting back and forth furiously, and I was like, please get me one of those shirts. And you got it. And guess what? Those shirts were there at the end of the season. They, they were really there. were. There Great was a shirt. Ton of them. Great happy shirt. To ha- happy to have it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's. I don't want to like rank every single house. I think that's no, a cool errand. No. No. But... No. 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 You know, when we we did our uh, preview show and we did our show after it opened and we sort of talked about our three or four favorites. And I think what's going to be interesting is let's pick our three favorites mm-hmm. and then we'll see how that changed over the course of the season. Because one of the best things about Horror Nights is as time goes on and there's more and more nights at the event, the houses and how we relate to them can change, whether it means the cast got better and learned their roles more whether it me- whether it means that the ops and and pacing was better it can change even from night to night like there's nights where i go in a house one night and i have a great time and then it's a bad run the next night just because of the timing or cast changes so now with the full breadth of the event behind us what were your three favorite houses my three favorite houses um my number one house ended up being a house if you go back and listen to our preview episode of which houses we were excited for and I don't think you hear me talk about this house because I listened to the episode recently, probably a couple weeks back. Because I I listen to our stuff because we're always trying to get better and we're always trying to improve. And I I didn't have Blood Moon Dark offerings on my radar. Um, yeah. I just didn't have it because it was you know it's an original it's an original it's not IP. Um, I didn't know what to expect. Blood Moon ended up at the top of my list. It had the most consistent runs for me, the most fun runs, the ones that I really just enjoyed. I love the concept from start to finish from day one the first night i ran it to the last night i ran it it's the it's um the last house i ran in fact i have a story about that i on the last night of horror nights i came out of another house and i it was 156 a.m and we were at the other end of new york near the tribute store which for anybody that knows between there and where blood moon is at it's a probably a good you know, I don't know 500 yards something like that um we took off running to make it right at two o'clock just so we could do blood moon dark offerings last. So um, blood moon was the last house I did. I did it right at 2 AM and I was happy to close my horror nights out with blood moon. Just, I love the house so much. I love the church scene. I love the maypole scene. I love the guy in the bell tower. I, I, I think that it's, I, I love that house. I, I can't say enough good stuff about that house. It's my number one with a bullet. Uh, so, was that was that final run of yours just you guys? Is it pretty empty? So the so you know they have most houses as most people know have multiple casts. You know cast A, cast B. Um, they were they were basically loading in the rest of the cast, the other cast behind us, so they could run last. 
So um, we were kind of near the end of the group. There was like a giant group of us at the end that were trying to run it. You know, the cast is the cast and crew that that have been working the event are always going to run the house last as they deserve. And and we we kind of were right at the end there. So I, I it was just tremendous. It was nice to cheer on all of the scare actors and their efforts throughout the season. Um, I will say that uh, my other my other two houses in my top three. Um, and you you know the other one by now is Exorcist for me. Uh, Exorcist, wow. I, I had a special I had a special relationship with all season, whether it be uh, talking to the scare actors that that were in the house on socials, um, just funny little quips back and forth, just a little personal touch. That cast went all out every night for they were building something off a movie that they had not seen, you know, that they had not seen. They were they were they were doing something so brilliant and putting their own twist and spin on the property. And as they got more confident night after night, it exorcist was my one run of the season that had the most consistent run. Everybody has a run. You know, this as well as I, do. if you go enough nights, everybody has that one run during the season where they hit every scare in the house or it feels like a rhythm is right for them. Yeah. And I had an exorcist run like that. That was my best run of the season. It's there's no comparison. Like Blood Moon, my number one house, but I had an exorcist run that was just so consistent and so good. Back the last night of of horror nights, I went through uh, dressed as a priest. So you know, just because as an homage to the house. So <laughs> I put my Halloween costume on, put my Halloween priest costume on, and went through the house. And you know, it was a great homage to my love for the the house and the scare actors. And it, I, I don't understand why they didn't just like do a quick screening of the movie to the cast. Like it came out a couple weeks after it was ready to go. Yeah, like, I, I know. The, I, I know critics who had seen it already. So why not just like bring them all in and show it to them so they I can saw, really so, understand what they're doing? Yeah, for sure. And I saw on social media that a lot of them went together eventually when the movie got closer to, to when the movie came out that they sure. all went together to see the movie. And and but they they did something there. It's. It's definitely a testament to HHN of a lot of houses start really rough. Like if you, I know everybody is not as blessed as us to come to the event multiple nights across the season. But if I encourage anybody that can do it, if you're coming, like if you don't, if you're not local here and you can come twice, if you come at the beginning of the season and you have some runs, you're like, oh, I don't really like that house. Come back in October because some of these casts are just coming together. It takes time. And some, some of, some of these houses change so drastically from the beginning of September to like the second week of October. And my third favorite house of the season, one of my top three, for a while, my, my and this was really difficult for me, my third house on my list was the, the house that won House of the Year from Universal, which is mm. Yeti Campground Kills. Yeah, that was my boys. third for a lot of the season, and they deserve that award. They, they were tremendous all season. That was my third for the longest time up until the last three weeks. And then it became darkest deal. And I'll, okay. and I'll tell you why it's because it's because of the people that are in the house. It's because of the cast that as the season went on, they became more comfortable in their roles. They knew their characters. They knew what they were supposed to do. They knew where to push and where to pull back. And I, I had so many consistent moments in that house, so many consistent scares. And when I took new people to that house, they could see the storytelling and they could see just these amazing performances. And 
I, I had to put it in my top three at the end. I, I, I love, again, I love Blood Moon and Exorcist, but I had to put Darkest Steel in my top three because it, it just felt like that cast was giving it everything they had every night, especially, you know, there were some scenes, the musicians, the, the scenes with the musicians is just, they're they were tremendous. I, just the rhythm of that house. I, I can't, I can't even, I can't even like put into words barely. And I know that's stupid for a podcast, but I, I think that, Every person in the Darkest Steel house was giving it their all every night by the end of the season. And I, 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 I went through that house. I went, I went through that house like every time I was there the last couple weeks. And I had to show them love every single time because it's, it was just such, it was so consistent. Yeah. Um, I, I love, well, I love two of the houses that you mentioned mm, and, mm. and really, really liked the third. Um, mm. Darkest Deal, I agree with you, just got better and better as the event went on. And I think Pound for Pound is was one of the scariest houses of the year with really thoughtful, original storytelling. I, I always find it more impressive when you're basing a house on nothing and you can still tell a story with a beginning, a middle, and end. You understand the character motivations and you're still getting your pants scared off. Yes. Um, so Darkest Deal, fantastic house. Mm -hmm. Um Exorcist, I liked a lot, and I actually found it got better as the event went on. It had I had one run in that house where I think I was with you. Mm -hmm. um, I got the best scares I got the whole event because uh, in one of the circular rooms, uh, the the girl who was being uh, the exorcist was occurring to got me just at the right time. I was not looking at her at all. I was distracted by something else, and... I let out a really good little scream. Um, so that was probably my best scare of the event. But uh, my top three, we have one in common, and I'll get to that. But for me, mm. number one was Oddfellow's Twisted Origins. Oh, okay. Um, I loved this house. As someone who has been going to Horror Nights since I was a teenager in the early 2000s, um, this felt like a classic iconic Horror Nights house in the best way. I was so impressed with how they made use of a sprung tent. It felt so much bigger than the space they actually had. I liked how claustrophobic and narrow some of the corridors were. Um, and I think the storytelling, the scares, and the cast were on point. There was beautiful visuals like that neon green rune towards the end where you're walking towards Oddfellow there on his stage. Just every aspect of this house was a home run for me. I like the Easter eggs to Jack. I don't know if you caught, uh, you know, there was that like video screen about halfway through the house where if you caught it just at the right time, you saw Jack and Oddfellow's iconic fight. Um, and I think that is uh, hinting at something we may see either next year or in the near future for the event. But yeah, Oddfellow's was everything I want in a Horror Nights house. It had good scares, gorgeous design, a dark sense of humor, and just made again such good use of that sprung tent so every time i went through that house i had the biggest biggest smile on my face um, such, it was so good like i look this season there if you i'm hoping most of our listeners went to the event and know but if you didn't get a chance to go the event this year had the lineup was solid from top to bottom as far as houses go Yep. Anybody could put any house at number one based on based on a, a myriad of of opinion opinionated factors, right? Um yep. uh Oddfellow is is so it's so good 
Like I have it at number five on my list and it's still amazing. It could, I understand completely why you have it. Number one, like you said at night where it looks like this, like, like a, like a circus tent. Yep. Incredible projection. Incredible. Like the performances inside the house also incredible. Some of the visuals incredible. And I think, you know, it also, these different houses, like everyone has different things that they love. And I, I love like creepy circus culture. I'm fascinated by, and I'm not, I'm not using this term derogatorily just in the way it used to be used like you know freak shows um like there's that classic uh old horror film freaks from the you know almost turn of the century just yeah. that sort of like lore of the traveling sideshows and circus culture i think this house was like a beautiful ode to that and also just dripping in horror nights lore itself if you look back at the, the entire event from the early 90s they have built this incredible lore with you know carrie ohio and jack the clown and odd all of these different things and when they really lean into their own storytelling that's what really wets my whistle right and um, i think that we give we give it a couple of years uh I, I mean i could see them doing it next year but let's give it a couple of years i could see them doing a a jack versus Oddfellow house or uh, a year where they both host together i think that could very well be next year and if not within the next three years i'm i'm, yes. I'm part of me feels like they're gonna want to strike while the iron is hot Mm. Um, you know, if they wait another two or three years, there's going to be a lot of more casual, uh, fans or tourists who are like, who the hell is Oddfellow? Sure. Um, sure. Because I think, think Jack now is, is well known. Um, yes. but that's because when they first introduced Jack, they brought him back every year for a while to really make him the character he is today. Right. Um, and so that makes me think they might just double down and do Oddfellow versus Jack next year, whether it's a house or, dueling icons right like uh i'm this is not an original concept of mine i i heard someone else say it but like how fun would it be if every night in the closing ceremony or whatever you want to call it one of them wins the event i would um, love it i would um, love so it just make it really interactive anyways let me talk about my other two favorites um mm -hmm. and then we could wrap some other stuff on because we could sit here and talk for hours but no one wants to hear that uh, so my <laughs> next one is one you talked about, and it's one that I, much like you, my expectations for didn't exist, not because I wasn't excited for it. I just didn't know anything about it. And that's Blood Moon. Yes. Um, Blood Moon was by far the scariest house for yes. me, both in terms of the like effectiveness of the jump scares, but also the tone, right? It, it establishes really creepy, moody tone throughout, which allowed the suspense to really build and ratchet up until the end. Um, it was also absolutely gorgeous. Um, for me, it was the uh, Dead Man's Pier of this year, um, just in terms of how every corner you would turn, there would be something else to look at, and it would take your breath away, whether it be the use of the, the moon or that bell tower, or, and I know I talked about this on the show before, my favorite thing of the house was how it was designed so open, so you felt like you're in a village, and in fact, you... And your friends would be walking in one direction and you would see other guests walking in the other direction because they kept the design of the house open in places. Brilliant, brilliant design. Um, and that church room, one of the best scares I've ever seen at a, at a Horror Nights event. Such a great scene. Uh, it's, even it's if you knew it was iconic. coming, yeah. even if you knew it was coming, yes, it would, it would still get you. Yes. Um, and I, I was in that room a couple of times where either someone I was with or someone I wasn't with ahead of me just would like fall to the ground in fear. And it was so great. Yes. Um, I, I sort of had a feeling not to disparage Yeti. I have Yeti at number five. Hell of a fun house. Those those actors are incredible. And the bear alone 
deserves its its just desserts. But I really was thinking Blood Moon was going to win House of the Year. Um, I did too. I did too. But you know, again, I think I think people love it, and I think Blood Moon is now something where I wouldn't be surprised if in a couple of years we see uh, more of these these characters, more of this cult in Horror Nights in some capacity. You know, because like Dead Man's Pier was inspired by a previous scare zone, so maybe we'll get a scare zone with these cultists. Maybe we'll get a sequel house because you know Horror Nights loves to do their sequel houses, whether it be you know their fairy tale ones or all these different characters they keep bringing back. I I would love to if 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 we're talking about scare zones and houses transitioning into scare zones, there there is another house this year that I think translates well to a scare zone. I would love to see a darkest deal scare zone. Oh, okay. Um, I'd like to see street musicians. I'd love to see like a like a street party setup or like maybe like a Mardi Gras type of setup. That and, could uh, work really well right by the tribute store. Correct. I would love to see, I would love to see that because I think that I think that either one of those properties can can come back eventually and and can be shown a ton more love. I Imagine actually am ready. If they used real musicians playing Ooh, blues, yes. blues, mu- blues yes. music on a stage, and then yes. you're you're watching the concert, and then you get attacked. Yes, yes, that could be awesome. Hundred um, percent. All right, my other favorite was Monsters. Um, okay. I I think the, mon- the Universal Monsters houses have probably the best overall batting average in the last few years. I I um, would you will not hear me disagree. Um, and I thought. You know, it's no secret I work in theater. This was by far the most theatrical house, not only because it involved scenes at a theater with the Phantom, just in terms of the storytelling. You enter this house and you have a detective or whatever up on that parapet. It's faking rain. He's warning you about what's going on. And then you have to go in from room to room and watch all of these different monsters causing havoc in Paris. Um, I thought the set design in here was outrageously good. The cast just got better and better. It had every type of scare imaginable. It had a bungee scare. It had a triple scare. I thought the creative way they used the Invisible Man was brilliant. I just, I loved this house. It made me so happy. Um, And it really felt like walking into an immersive piece of theater, not just a haunted house. Um, Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, loved well, it. Lo- loved it, loved it, loved it. And I hope they continue to find new ways to do fun Universal Monsters House every year. Because at least the last three years, the Universal Monster Houses have been bangers. I agree. I think they should keep doing Monster Houses because I think that they're tremendous. I, I yeah. think they. I think that they are, if you were to compare it to a uh, a fine dining experience, they are, they are the, they are the accoutrement on the plate, you know, like type mm-hmm. of deal, you know, just, just that little extra that makes it pop. And I think that they they having an event without a monster's house would be weird at this point. Dang, <laughs> I would, the caviar is a garnish. Oh well, fine, it's a garnish. Or <laughs> I was not trying to. I was not trying to make uh, like monsters like the parsley or anything like that. You know, I was trying to make them like the the garlic steak butter. You know, or oh, like yeah. you know, <laughs> it's like this takes something that's already really good to the next level. To the next level, exactly, exactly, yep. yeah. Well, you know what? You you mentioned uh garlic steak butter. Mm. What was some of your favorite food food stuffs? Um shout out the uh Salt Lake the Salt Lake City coffee uh at the uh, Last of Us booth. Um uh, the alcoholic coffee, iced coffee. I uh consistently drank it. It was it was amazing. It was the closest thing that I had to like basically an espresso style martini at the event, which was mm-hmm. great. I uh, I loved it. I uh, I um 
I will admit I didn't get a chance to try as much food this year as I felt like I wanted to. Um, I did like the Hellfire Club sandwich, which was like yes. the pork the pork shoulder sandwich with jalapenos, you know, uh, that and like there was a pineapple chutney on it. That was really good. It really hit really, really nicely at 11 p.m., 12 p.m. at night where you're like out there and you're been walking for hours and you really need something with substance, something savory to like get you through. Shout out to that. You know, I, 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 again, I really didn't get a chance to try a lot of the food this year. I, I will say one of my, one of my little quibbles about the event is that crowd flow around the booths was kind of a, was kind of a problem uh, this season. Yeah, I, I feel like for the popular items, especially ones that are themed to houses or even intellectual property houses, they should have two of them in different parts of the park. Yeah, the Last of Us uh, booth booths were were kind of mobbed at times, you, you know, know, for and the corn dog and stuff. Especially the back half of the park. Mm-hmm. Uh, by Men yeah. in Black and even by, you know, what was formerly Kid Zone. They they had bars yes. and I can't help but feel that they could have used some of that space for themed food items as well. Well, I'm hoping that uh, once we reopen the DreamWorks, we get the DreamWorks area, which used to be the, the Kid Zone area when it yep. reopens next year, we'll uh, Crowdflow will improve. Um, obviously, Crowdflow improved from year to year by opening the Minions area and not having a bottleneck there from from the previous year to this year. I yep. think that there's 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 a lot of space for improvement. I think that um, for as much as we all lamented losing the Monsters Cafe for the Minion Cafe, I think the space and the design of the space and how open it is, and how many tables there is, definitely helped out this year. So shout out to the Minion Cafe and its wonderful design. I did I, end up spending like an hour and a half in Minions Cafe during mm-hmm. a Horror Nights event. And actually, mm-hmm. I enjoyed it. I mean, I still have some thoughts on the quality of the food and whatever, but it ended <laughs> up being a, a nice place to escape. No, for um, sure. I, I, I loved Monsters Cafe. Don't get me wrong. And I miss it. Although I think, you know, in that um, that uh, epic place that's uh, on the way, we're going to get, you know, all the, the Universal Monsters uh, eateries we could ever dream of. Um Minions Cafe worked out during Horror Nights. They kept it open pretty late and they had the kitchen running well and it was just a nice place with air conditioning and lots of tables to take sure. a little break. Yeah, I, I think that there's a little bit areas for improvement there. I think there are multiple times where I was feeling a food item and I wanted to go get it. And somebody's going to tell me inevitably on this or in a comment on, a, on social media or something, yeah, you could have gone at a different time of night and the line was shorter or whatever. But if I'm walking past the space in the park and the line is, you know, 30 people deep, um, I'm not going to stop there at that time. Yeah, the line's probably going to be five people deep in an hour or something, but I'm not going to come back to that space because I'm not going to be in that space in an hour. So exactly right. You know, I, I had that happen a lot this year. Um, two of my biggest regrets is I didn't get to try the ravioli that was in the Fedra can at, at the last of us booth. And I didn't get the corn dog. So and it's I, because the lines were too long. Excuse me. Yeah, I did get to try the ravioli. Oh. in the can okay um it was like stock mm. purveyor frozen ravioli Ooh, okay it was it was eatable edible it was fine i did not like it it was just not anything special okay um you know as someone who spent many years going to sleepaway camp i sure. definitely had that cisco ravioli before <laughs> sure sure um, yeah like maybe a half step above chef can chef boyardee Ugh, okay well, i'm but, glad you know, I, the, re- the reality is people are drunk at one in the morning they're gonna love their canned ravioli at a, well I, I just wanted the can i mean <laughs> i just we wanted the can we didn't even keep the can if i'm being honest with you i think we lost it the night we mm. got it it just accidentally left it somewhere yeah i i um, there's there's a lot of regrets around food for me that i didn't get to try a lot of the stuff that i wanted to try just because of lines um sure. 
it's uh usually universal i'll say for the other festivals they do every year shout out to them you know mardi gras and you know uh the holiday stuff um they usually have a good selection and their booze are not that bad but you know hhn is a whole different beast and yeah. i tried the best I, I tried the best i could so those are mine i i'm curious what are yours I mean, for me, the the best item at the event was the Hellfire Club. I thought that was just an incredible sandwich, um, yes. especially for a theme park. Oh uh, my gosh! The bread was great and crunchy. The 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 fillings it had like a nice spice to it with a little bit of sweetness. It was really satisfying. A lot of times, theme park food, especially themed food at these events, doesn't leave me feeling like full or satisfied. Partly maybe because I don't want to eat all of it, but this was just like a great sandwich. Like if there was a deli in New York that served this sandwich, I would go get it on the weekends and it would be like my sandwich. I loved, loved, loved this sandwich. Um, otherwise, to me, I, call me cliche, to me, Horror Nights is synonymous with pizza fries. Not a night went by where I didn't get pizza fries. And I just, I, I love them. I pizza, love pizza fries are a consistent winner every time. Um our friend uh, one night got the sweet potato fries with chocolate and marshmallows, mm -hmm. which I had never tried before. And yeah. he let me take a couple bites and damn, that was good too. Really, <laughs> really good. I was like, oh, okay. All right. Drizzle some chocolate on it. Let's go. Pizza fries are consistent. I give you that. And usually, and I, I will say this, another compliment to Universal. Um, I don't know what the secret sauce is from year to year, but last year... 30 for hhn 31 um there was a lot of complaints around lines around pizza fries right there was there was a lot of if you remember there was a lot of controversy around like some of the lines were very long around pizza fries they were hard to get um this year i don't know what they did with their process but it was so much faster i felt like i felt like you could just throw money at them and they threw the yeah. pan at you you know opening opening night the lines at kids own pizza for pizza fries were long yes otherwise every other night it wasn't that bad at all I could um, almost walk right up in five, you know, maybe yeah. up three deep, five, five minutes. I'd have my pizza fries. So I don't you know? know how they did it, but kudos to them. And, kudos and there to were the team. usually always a table back there. You could sit at to eat your yes. fries or, yes. or at least uh, like a bench. Yes. Um, so, so satisfying. So satisfying. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. All yeah. right. Let, let, let's wrap up our, our wrap up <laughs> of <laughs> Horror Nights. Pick one favorite scare zone. Just one. Um, oh man, this is going to be, so I, I would say probably I wanted to like I'll say this let me preface it with this I wanted to like Dark Zodiac a lot um I do like Dark Zodiac um I I I'm not much of an astrological person but I wanted to like that scare zone I like the vibe of it and I still like the vibe of it um I would say I'm going to say like a lot of people and say Vamp sixty nine uh, just because of the theming and just because of the history with Horror Nights around vampire scare zones. I um, have a lot of misgivings with scare zones. I don't think that I think that the scare zone in San Francisco is a consistent bottleneck every year and they have to figure yep. that out. Um, yep. I can't like that one. Um, I, I I mean, I like it. I respect the artistic integrity of it. I love Patricia. Shout out, Patricia. Um, Patricia is an icon and she has my heart. Yes, she I think I think she I think she owns all of us at, a, at this point in time. We love Patricia and will forever stand Patricia. But I I think I'm going to go Vamp 69. It was Scare Zone of the Year. They did get the award, um, and they deserved it. Um, it's such a, it's such a, it's such a good vibe Scare Zone, like a fun, you know, 1960s party, hippie party, uh, and having actors walk up to you, scare actors on the street in basically 1960s garb as vampires, where you can't quite pick them out of the crowd in that in that lighting, and have them in your face, and you know, have that abrupt scare is you know second to none. I I, I love that. 
I love the bus that they brought out. I love the I love the bus that they had. Um, I I just I the only quibble I'd have with the scare zone is I'd like to see like some actual music on the stage rather than just an attack on mm-hmm. the stage. The stage attack yeah. they they didn't really use the stage as, as much, but I loved everything about that zone. I always felt great in that zone. All shout out to all the actors that that perform there. It's it's incredible. Yeah. Um. I, I'm gonna have to go Vamp sixty nine also. Yeah. Uh. It was just as much as I hate Sweet Caroline. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh. It, it was. It was. It was just the perfect fun scare zone. And what I loved, and you were, you know, alluding to this a little bit, is you, you couldn't necessarily even tell who the characters were and who guests were, and that really allowed them to get you good. Um, yeah. But I love vampires. I love the majority of the music. It was like a scary fun party every night, and I think the vibes from that scare zone were were peak vibes um you know not as maybe not as creepy as you know dark zodiac could be at times sure um but in terms of overall fun vamp 69 killed the game i think i i i would like to see i would like to see some love shown to the scare zones next year um i they, they were good this year but i felt like that's my that's my again this is my opinion anybody listening to this it's just my opinion i I, I I felt like a consistency was there the year before more than this year as far as scare zones go. Um, yeah, I, and I I wonder how much of that was uh, figuring out how to make it work with new construction areas in the park. Yes, you know obviously now you have minions, so they had to move where the front of the park scare zone is, which I thought worked okay, maybe not great because you know the collection of horrors scare zone and dark zodiac basically would bleed into each other in a way that didn't work that well right i i i think that i would love to see i don't know what the answer is i'm not even pretending because i don't you know i don't make these calls at the park and i'm not going to even pretend like i do i would i would love to see that addressed i feel like a lot of people are just rushing through that initial zone because they're trying to get to whatever house they're getting to or i i liked this the odd fellow stage show at that zone i did the rest of that zone was not very good. Right, exactly. I mean, at least the year before with the Pumpkin Lord, he was so high up that he calls your attention. That yeah. when he comes out, he he calls your attention. Now, yep. <laughs> uh, Oddfellow does that similarly when he takes the stage, but he's a lot lower to the ground. And, you know, I found people walking by, like I would stop and watch, but like I found a lot of people just walking by. You know, they're they're just they're yeah. just kind of meandering by. I think that they had more effective use of Oddfellow of him wandering the street. And, I agree. Uh, you know, and interacting with the guests. Um, so I'm, I'm I'm hoping that next year, now that they understand how how the minions area works and this, that, and the other thing, they will shift and adjust that front scare zone and how it works. Yeah, and I I, th- I think they need to adjust the. I also think they need to adjust the San Francisco scare zone, as I was as I was referring to. Yeah, I'm not sure that's the best place for a scare zone. Nah. If you're going to do a scare zone there, it has to be like the year before, where you have a giant stage on one side and it's more yep. open. Yeah. You have to do it that way because otherwise um, I, it's a terrible bottle, bottleneck. Though. I I like when they have a scare zone butting up against the lagoon back by where like Starbucks is. Yes. Yeah. Um, I remember I'm not if I'm not mistaken, it was the fisherman who ended up in Dead Man's Pier had a scare zone over there years mm-hmm. ago. Okay. And that was a great spot because it's not as much of a traffic influx there. It's a little quieter but that made them have a lot more room than just having it like in San Francisco. No, I like that. I actually like that idea. I th- I would love to, I would love to see that. I would love to see if we're going to utilize San Francisco, you have the peacock bar there for, for like kind of like, you know, people to kind of decompress or whatever like that. 
I would not care if that area in front of Fast and Furious, since you're not using it, since there's normally a house in the queue in that in that building, I don't care if you use that area, that plaza area, just for like a bunch of tables for people to stand around and like have drinks and snacks. You know, Absolutely. like just a nice little area that's, hey, there's the bar on the one side behind Lombards. And then we have and then we have a little stand around area where people can maybe, you know, get back together if they've got lost from each other or what have you, you know. So I agree. Yeah. Well, I think that about. Oh, oh, there's one other thing I wanted to mention. Um, mm. I, I finally got to see Nightmare Fuel Revenge Tour. OK. And I thought it was absolutely fantastic. Right. Yeah. I think it was the best Nightmare Fuel. I think it brought in every element of those shows plus illusion more illusions more dance i like the way it flipped the script where we had a woman main character who was fighting back um the fuel girls killed it fantastic show um i don't know if they're gonna bring nightmare fuel back again next year this sort of felt like a closing chapter uh story-wise to me but uh i loved this show i wish i had gotten to see it a second time um i think they knocked it out of the park speaking of shows i yeah. do think that's another area of improvement i think that we should i would love to see two to three shows next year to take people off the streets i agree I, with you i I, I, I think that needs to happen i i agree with you i'm not 100 percent sure where they could do it i mean obviously i think even just missing the lagoon show this year yes was i understand why because there was damage from a storm that allowed them not to do it but yeah. just in terms of like eating up crowds at times especially in the busiest nights Sure. Only having one show is a problem, especially when if you wanted to see the show on certain nights, you would have to get in line an hour or more ahead of time just to make sure you get a spot. Right. Correct. So I want to see I want to see them do something else. I, I really would like to see them do another show, even if it's just like you said, even if it's just the the Lagoon show, I just something else to kind of siphon crowds off of the main walkways. So there's other things to do that would probably help with crowd flow as well. Yeah, it, it's I don't know what they're going to do show wise next year, but I agree with you, even if it's a second smaller show, a lagoon show. I, I actually I, should... I actually think that's why they put the Death Eaters in. Uh, in I Diagon. think you're right. I you yeah. know what? I didn't I didn't make it in there once. Yeah, yeah. it wasn't necessarily even intentional. It just didn't happen. Sure. Um, I mean, we went and got ice cream a couple of times, you know, because yeah. the ice cream shops neat. But we. It, it wasn't something that it was on my list. I know that some people are really passionate about that. I mean, it, it wasn't on my list to necessarily do. I kind of accidentally ended up there a bunch of times, you know, like I wasn't, I wasn't uh, going or not going in either way. Just, you know, people were like, Hey, let's go get ice cream. And then I just followed along or whatever. So, you know, absolutely. Yeah. So I, I think that does a good job of wrapping up our final thoughts on Halloween Horror Nights 32 at the Universal Orlando Resort. I think both of us had a great time. Loved and, it. And uh, even though it's November 17th, I'm already counting down until next year. Can't wait. It's going to be, it gets bigger and it feels like it gets bigger and better every year. And I will bigger, say. Bigger, better, and more expensive. Even more expensive. But my thing is this. I oh I have discovered the last couple of years, and I know it's cliche to say it, but it's about the friends you make along the way. I think that it it's about the people that you go do it with, like you actually do the event with. Like the event can I, be tremendous, but it's about the people you do it with. I I agree. I I would argue that uh, some of the very best friends I have in my life now, including my wonderful co-host Jay, you, Aww. um, the, those relationships were forged and solidified overnights at horror nights especially last year you know because that's when yes. you and i yeah. really first started to getting to know each other and uh falling in platonic love with each other that is correct um 
Horror Nights will always be like a foundational ember in the fire that emerges when we're together. I love it. Love it. So here is to Halloween Horror Nights 33 and whatever that may bring. And rest assured, folks, Let's Slay is just getting started. And as we start hearing rumors and speculation, we are going to be hot on the press with episodes for you talking about all of it. Before we go, it is mid-November. We did talk about how it is the holiday season. I wanted to ask you a few questions about an event you got to experience, and that is Jollywood Nights at Disney's Hollywood Studios. Jollywood Nights. Have a holly Jollywood Nights. Um... Now, before we dive in here, I want to just talk about the elephant in the room, and that is that for whatever reason, and you can illuminate some of this, I think, unfortunately, the reaction to the first night, uh, maybe there's been two, the first two nights, has there been one or two? Uh, there's, I think as of this podcast, we're getting ready to have the second night. I think it's tonight. Okay. Okay. So the reaction to the opening night of the event was not great. Was not great. Um, I've seen some ridiculous clickbait videos and headlines, you know, that are saying it's a disaster. You know, that, that sort of tone doesn't satisfy me, but I think there are legitimate concerns. So my question for you is. A, would you suggest or recommend that people give it a shot this season? And B, what did you like about it? And what areas do you think Disney needs to improve? I I will tell, I will start like this. I have a hard time recommending the event now at the price point it is at now. It is an expensive event by by any standards, right? You're paying like 160 some odd dollars a person after fees and everything to get into the event. You know, there I took my family of three and it cost us over five hundred dollars basically or close to $500. Um, um, I will say this. Some of the offerings are very, very good. There's two shows at this event. One of them is, is a Nightmare Before Christmas sing-along, and the other one is a variety show with Kermit, Miss Piggy, Mickey, Minnie. Um, both shows are really good, um, are, okay. are Disney-level good. And, and I love the shows. I saw both shows. By the way, I had no problem getting into either show. Had no problem. Didn't get stranded. Saw both shows within my own time frame. Okay. Uh, I love those. I, I think that for the people that love Nightmare Before Christmas, the characters that are involved in that show, you will love that show. You'll love singing along to the songs and you'll get the characters that you want to see. I think everybody that was wanting to see more Muppets gets that out of the other show. And it's a fun and bright show. Also, shout out to Disney for putting other characters in there. Uh, like they had Tiana singing a song in there, which is great. For you know, I'm I'm glad that they're doing. You know, we have the ride coming at Magic Kingdom, uh, uh, the Bayou Adventure. We have Tiana singing a Christmas a Christmas song, in 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 the show, which is which is phenomenal, phenomenal for representation. Uh, just beautiful song, just gorgeous. It was it was great. I can't say enough good stuff about the shows. Um, I would say there was another creative decision made. The Fiesta in La Calle, uh, that's kind of taking place outside of ABC commissary. I've seen some people say they don't like it. I actually liked it a lot. I I felt like the tone and how much fun it was and seeing all the cast members having fun with the guests and dancing along to the songs was, was a highlight for me as I had my little snacks outside. Uh, I, I think that that is a good creative decision. I love streetmosphere. I don't think there's enough of it at Disney these days and having a chance to listen to music as we walk down the street from live artists um, is, is great is, is fantastic. I, I, I love, I love that part of it. Um, but 
that's kind of where my that's kind of where my positives end. Um, everything else about the event is it. Let me say this: it's not about the it's not about the actual offerings themselves. It's about the operational concerns of the event and how it was designed. Um, some of the some of my friends and colleagues that I've talked to say that if I could take that event and pick it up and put it at another park, there would be no problems. It's due to the the small nature of of Hollywood Studios. And by the way, they did it to themselves. They are not even effectively using the Toy Story area or Galaxy's Edge to disperse the crowd. But yeah, you can oh. get a virtual queue. You can get a virtual queue for Rise of the Resistance and ride that night. But are they doing holiday offerings in those areas? Barely. So there's no pull to go back there unless you're going to ride the rides. Well, on the opening night, people wanted to do the shows and they wanted to have the food. I think Disney thought that people were going to actually ride the rides more. And because all the rides had, like, they were walk-ons. Like, all the rides I did were just straight-up walk-ons. Aerosmith, walk-on. Um, uh, uh, Star Tours, walk-on. Uh, Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway, I walked right through the queue and right onto the ride. Wow. So, you know. I mean, I, 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 I'll say from my perspective it was a four hour event. Mm -hmm. I would personally prioritize shows, streetmosphere, mm -hmm. holiday mm -hmm. environment and special foods and drinks. Right. Right. Like I could go any day and ride those rides. Correct. Right. You know, and I think the benefit of say like an extra hours event is to, so people can ride the rides with shorter queues, but a themed holiday event, people want, the themed stuff they're not there to ride the rides and i think if they miscalculated how many people would want to ride rides versus experience the other stuff thus creating log jams long lines uh crowd headaches with all the other stuff it makes sense to me they just i'm very curious to, what i'm curious to see is once we start getting reports from people who are there this weekend right if they have taken the criticism and yeah. refinagled some of the way it's laid out and the way it works to right. make a more pleasant experience because you know i'm not taking anyone's side i'm playing sure. brief devil's advocate sure. excuse me devil's advocate it was the first time ever they did this brand new event it makes sense to me that there are going to be hiccups now it sucks that people who paid out the wazoo had to be the guinea pigs to suffer the the less than enjoyable experience but my hope is for the people who go to this event throughout the rest of the season that disney learns from you know they're not immune to what people are saying on social media and what bloggers are writing on their websites and the youtube people check right they have di people sure. at disney who are checking so sure. hopefully hopefully they'll fix it a little bit look there's there's very simple things that disney can do i, I these some of these things are very much self-inflicted wounds one of the things is the signage at the event was was awful um, there's, there's so many lines I stood in for food or, or something where people would come up to me and be like, what is this the line for? And they were legitimately asking. It's not because they were mis they were like misinformed. It's because they were just straight up uninformed. They, the, the signs were not great pointing people to what the offerings were at any booth. You had to go walk up next to the actual booth where people were getting their food. And there's already mobs of people, people trying to figure out what's it a given booth. That's not even to say the, the biggest problem of all is like, look, everybody's been waiting for a tip top club for years. They've wanted a themed bar around the Tower of Terror for years and years and years. People have been asking for the tip top club, you know, a themed a themed space. So Disney tried to give it to us on this night. Where did they put it? They put it in the exit plaza of the Tower of Terror. Mm -hmm. And 
it doesn't make logistical sense to put it there because you have people coming off the ride. You have the people that are in the plaza and there's a live band there playing music and the people are trying to get to the bar, which is at the back of the plaza. And then you still have the Joffrey's coffee cart there, the giant mm. Joffrey's booth. So it leads to this like log jam there that you don't even feel like you can sit there and have a drink and vibe and listen to the 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 band that's on the stage because there's just this milling about of people like a whirlpool of people that are just like excuse me let me get by you i'm going out of tower of terror excuse me let me get by you i'm trying to get to the coffee the coffee cart excuse me let me get by you i'm trying to get to the bar it, it's just chaos and i i think that you you can't move the tip top club so the answers are i really wish they could move the coffee booth because i think it would give them a lot more space. I, I it probably can't be moved. I'm sure it's a permanent installation or I don't know what that takes to move that, but it's like, they're not, I don't know who thought of that. I, I, I had told a friend of mine, we had had this conversation about like sitting in that plaza that it felt like the person that said that they, that it should be put there has never been to Hollywood studios. Mm. Um, uh, because like anybody that any one of us that's rode the ride Tower of Terror and came out of that exit queue and saw where that coffee cart is. And they set the stage up on the, if you're coming out of the exit on the left-hand corner. And it's like anybody, anybody who has been to Hollywood studios would say, you're trying to get one of the most popular things that people have wanted for years in this small space where people are exiting and entering from like, so from this, it's basically a dead end back there, by the way, if for anybody who doesn't know, um, you're, you're putting people in this, like basically like this fishbowl essentially. And they're just, you're just kind of back there. And it's like, I, I, I applaud the concept. I, I love where their head was at. I love where their heart was at. But somebody needed to say in that room, should we put a bar that's really popular in the exit of a ride? You know, um, that was my chief misgiving about it. I couldn't even enjoy it. it. That was the part that almost derailed my evening completely. I was so miserable afterwards because I wanted to hang out there and I just couldn't. My, there were so many people milling about my, my anxiety hit like an all time high. It, it was it was just like I could not stay I could not stand in that space, you know. It, I had to leave immediately, and I was so dejected. It was unfortunate. Yeah, that does sound unfortunate. I just like I said, I I hope. Listen, I love Disney. I love the holidays. Um, I do too. I, in my mind, in many ways, those two things are synonymous. I think, uh, Disney has always done an incredible job with holiday stuff, both in the theme parks and you know in terms of entertainment and parades and whatnot. So it's it's sad that, you know, they they on paper this new event sounded wonderful. Um I hope they can figure it out. Um I, th and, I think know. they're gonna pull it off. I, I'm I'm an optimist. People are like, oh, it's gonna be one and done. They're not gonna do it after this year. No, I think there are lessons to learn from this year. I think the event could be astounding in the second year. I, I really do. I think I think there there is there is the skeleton of a really good event there. Cause there were moments that I was having a lot of fun. Like I said, the fiesta. That was amazing. Some of the food I tried, also great. Like, I think that there, there are places for improvement. I think there's a skeleton there of an actual good event. They just have to make it work. And I, I trust that they will. I, I'm one of those people that I'm an, internal, I'm an eternal optimist. I think that they will make it work in the long run. Yeah, I think so too. And, and I think Disney has in the past exhibited a willingness to listen to criticism and pivot. Yes. Um, and hopefully they do that. Yes. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for sharing your experience. Um, I'm sorry that it wasn't as enjoyable, but I also appreciate that you have a more level head than some of the more uh, like toxically negative hyperbolic um, 
YouTube videos I've seen about. Well, the yeah, elephant. I mean, I mean, the last the last thought I have on it is I'll tell you this: it's just like the HHN thing I just said. I was there with my friends and my family, and guess what? I'm with my friends and family at Disney. What do I got to be like irate about? Like, I mean, I, the event wasn't what I wanted it to be, and I was very frustrated at points. And that's, but do am I? am I going to take to the internet or take to this podcast and, you know, lambast them like, Oh, Disney's the worst ever. And no, no, I had fun. I had fun moments of fun with my friends and my family. I, if somebody came to me tomorrow and said, do you want to do Jollywood nights again this season? I'd probably pass, but I might be up for it next year knowing that they can make improvements. Yeah. Um, I, I am not going to have time to go this year, but if they do it again next year, I would be very open to going. Absolutely. All right. Well, on the note of holiday, I would like to take this opportunity to announce to our listeners that, you know what, Jay? What? Next next weekend, mm. you and I are going mm-hmm. to Mickey's very Merry Christmas party. It'll be my first time. I'm so excited for you. I've been, oh gosh, four or five times over the years, and I am a huge fan of this event. Um, not to I'm like so set excited. up set your ex- expectations super high, but I'm I so love excited. the parade. I love the fireworks. I think the street atmosphere and characters are great. They make it snow on Main Street. Mm, um, yeah, I'm really excited. So we will definitely be doing an episode all about our experience at Mickey's Very Merry. Um, and also, uh, in the next few days, we're going to be doing a full spoiler breakdown and review of the Marvels. Uh, I Which... know there's been a couple weeks without episodes, but we're going to try and pack a couple in here for you to make up for last time. We really want to talk about the Marvels. Um, we have a lot of we have a lot of thoughts on the Marvels. Um, spoiler alert: We love the Marvels. We have a we we uh we want to talk about the Marvels. Yeah, I I enjoyed it thoroughly. I have a lot to say. Um, mm-hmm. and we will be we will be doing that here very soon. Um, thank you to everyone who has stuck with us as we you know start and build this new show. I know there's been some bumps along the way, both literal and metaphorical. Yes. Um, but we are still in our infancy and we have no intention of stopping anytime soon. So thank you for sticking with us. Uh, If you can subscribe to the podcast on whatever our podcast platform you use, that would be helpful. But what really, really helps us in terms of our growth is reviews. Yes. Whether, you know, preferably positive reviews, but if you hate us too, any review helps build, build our numbers and maybe get some listeners who don't know us personally, um, which is the goal. Um, So we will will see you here next time. Uh, I have been Swell. And I'm Jay. Let's slay. Yes. Let's go. Like like Santa. We're going to slay. Slay Thanks all. Are you you listening? Jay and Swell, (laughs) they are glistening. (laughs) Bye, everyone. Bye, everyone. Nothing can stop us now. Did you miss me? baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're gonna see some serious shit.